love you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Jesus. Jesus. King Jesus. Be exalted. Be high and lifted up. Jesus. We proclaim your Lordship. You are King. You are Lord. Jesus, we worship you. In spirit and in truth. With our whole heart. We worship you, Lord. Jesus. Jesus. Fill this place, dear Father. Fill every heart in this place. Fill us again, Father. Filled again. Filled again. Filled again. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your perfect will. Jesus, our eyes are on you. We're looking to you. We thank you for having your way. This is your church. We're your people. We love you, dear Father. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can take your seats. Jamesy, everyone. It's good to see everybody. Everybody looks good. Children of the light. Children of the day. The light of the world. That's who I'm looking at. Keep shining for Jesus. Amen. We're called to walk in the light with the Lord as He is in the light. We're going to continue focusing on this. And, uh, before we go any further though, aren't you thankful for the worship team? Everybody involved in worship. Give them a hand. Worship is so important. It's not just about the music. But it's about the heart of a worshiper. And we have a wonderful anointed worship team. They love Jesus. And they help lead us into God's presence. So thank you again, Bikash and the whole team we're blessed there's lots of people working hard sometimes we don't know what's happening we've got children's church workers downstairs taking care of all the children we have our team of ushers 
They help serve the church week after week. And we're so thankful for everyone doing their part. Make sure and tell Diren thank you. He's been driving back and forth. So some of you might got a ride from him this morning. We appreciate you, brother. Everybody's doing their part. And that's how we get the job done. Amen. God has bigger things for us to do. And that means working together. Amen. Amen. So again, we're so glad you're here. Glad we get to worship together. Forgot to tell you your tell I almost forgot to tell you to tell your neighbor how much you love him. We don't want to forget that. Tell the person next to you that you love him. Amen. You are loved. If you didn't know, now you know. If nobody told you all week that they love you, well, you got to hear it in church. Amen. Amen. Our Heavenly Father loves us. And we've been called to love one another. Amen. Amen. I want to begin today with a scripture from the book of Ephesians. So we're going to look in chapter 5. And we're going to read verse 9. Ephesians 5, 9. We'll read verse 10 as well. Maybe not. Maybe later. Ephesians 5, 9 says, For the fruit of the light is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Let those words sink in your heart. The fruit of the light is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Your Bible might say fruit of the Spirit. It's the same thing. The fruit of the Spirit is the fruit of light. He is the spirit of light. <laughs> he is the spirit of revelation. <laughs> he is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> He's the one here right now. <laughs> He's the one that lives in you. <laughs> and this is his fruit. <laughs> this is the kind of fruit God wants in your life. <laughs> this is the kind of fruit every person 
person would desire in their life. It's the fruit of the light. This is the fruit of walking in the light. It's, it's in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Goodness. It's uprightness of hearts and life. The fruit of the light is goodness in your life. It's righteousness. That's purity of life. See, walking in the light makes you a good person. The fruit of righteousness begins to grow. You live a pure, holy life. And it mentions the truth. That just means living according to the truth. And this fruit blossoms in the light. Because of the light that's been placed in your life, because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. This is the fruit that he will produce in you. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Always remember he is shining in you. And when he is shining, the right fruit will grow. The right fruit will be seen. If the right fruit isn't growing, then I'm not walking in the light like I should be. This is the fruit of the light. It doesn't grow in the darkness. It only grows in your life when you walk in the light. And verse 10. This is in the Passion Translation. It says in this Revelation light, you will learn to choose what is beautiful to our Lord. Remember, walking in the light is to walk in revelation. Another word for light in the Bible is revelation. And this revelation light, when you walk in it, you will learn to make the right choices. You'll choose what is beautiful to our Lord. And when you choose what is beautiful, your life becomes beautiful. Amen. Amen. What if there was no light? You couldn't see anything. And you had to figure out what 
clothes to put on. The ladies, you might not look as beautiful. We, you know, or the guys, you know, we, we like to get dressed in the lights. We can make sure our clothes match. You can make better choices when the light is shining. You can choose what is beautiful to the Lord. And those choices make your life beautiful. A beautiful life is possible. When you walk in the light. Because then you'll be choosing what is beautiful to God. Alright? Beautiful people. Let's pray. Let's thank God for His Word. Let's bless this nation. And we'll continue. Father, we thank you that you are speaking to us. Father, we thank you for your Word. Your Word is alive. Your Word is powerful. And your word is changing our lives. Father, we thank you for it. We pray for India. We pray for the leaders of this land. We pray for Sikkim. And the leaders of this state. Father, we thank you that your perfect will shall be done right here in Gangtok in every other place represented in this room just as it is in heaven may your will be done on the earth Father we thank you for it you're faithful and you're working in the name of Jesus Amen 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 God makes life beautiful. He really does. God made the world beautiful. He made you beautiful. And He can make your life beautiful. If you learn to cooperate with Him, life becomes beautiful. The light makes beauty possible. And of course, more than anything, we're talking about an inner because you might look good on the outside but what's more important is that you look good on the inside. Amen. Amen. And because of the presence of God in your life you have inner beauty. When God God li lives in you. You look good. You are God's precious children. 
Your children of the light. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And we're going to read verse 7. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Keep in mind that inner beauty. This verse says, We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. Okay, and it goes on, it says, this makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. It's an inner beauty. Notice the light is shining in your heart. And, and the outer you is like a clay jar. So that part's not so special. But the real you is incredibly special. And the one you contain in you, he is very special. Someone, as a child of God, someone lives in you. God lives in you. And that makes all the difference in our lives. You now have this light shining on the inside. There's a great power within you. It's from God. So we know that he's working from the inside out. And if you're beautiful on the inside, that beauty will work out in your life. We need to focus more on the one who's in us. And to walk in the light means having the right focus. You know, the light enables us to focus properly. Our focus is on God. His love. The things of God. His plan. We focus on those things. Not just on what we see with our eyes. But he helps us to see what we can't see naturally. Your spiritual eyes are open. And you can see spiritual things. In Psalm chapter 36, verse 9 says something interesting. Psalm 36, 9. 
Speaking of God, it says, For with you is the fountain of life. The fountain of life. You know, there's like a legend that's, that's always kind of been alive about this fountain of life. That you could drink that water and you'll never grow old. You'll, you'll be beautiful all the days of your life. Well, we know where the fountain of life is. It's with God. He gives us eternal life. And it goes on and it says, in your lights we see light. In your lights we see light. In his revelation light. We see revelation light. This is what happens when you walk in the light. When you live in the light, <coughs> then you're going to be able to see light. You'll see light around you. You'll see light in you. And when you look at others, you'll see light in them. One of the greatest revelations we find in the light you find this revelation. It's the revelation of who you are. Who the real you is. Everybody pinch yourself. Go ahead, give yourself a nice pinch. Yeah, pinch your neighbor. I help you stay awake. Okay, but, but also understand that's not the real you. That's the clay jar. The real you is on the inside. And because of that, we're, we, we follow what the Bible teaches. For example, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Notice what it says. Because when we have the revelation of the real you, and when you have the revelation of who the real you is, then you're no longer focused on the flesh. And here it says we regard 
have no one according to the flesh. That means I need to see you in the light of who you really are. That's how you need to see me. That's how we need to see each other. Some people are trying to walk in the light. But they're always focusing on the darkness. Okay, the Bible said in his light we see light. So if I'm in the light, I don't need to be focusing on darkness. It's like their understanding has become darkened. If I'm focusing on darkness, then that indicates a darkened mind. And the Bible describes that happening. Look in Ephesians chapter 4. We'll read verse 17. Lots of Bible verses today. Ephesians 4, 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. So we understand there is a way to walk. It says here, don't walk like the rest of the world walks. Don't walk with the wrong mindset. Instead, we can walk in the light. And understand, walking in the light has everything to do with the condition of your mind. Look at the next verse. Verse 18 says, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their hearts. So listen, friends. A darkened life begins with a darkened mind. Blindness of heart. That comes with a darkened understanding. And it just means we don't see things the way God sees them. Remember last week? We talked about our eyes. Having good eyes. Having generous eyes. Having the right perspective. 
If my understanding is darkened, if my heart becomes blinded, then I can't see properly. And everything around me becomes distorted. It's because of the condition of our mind sometimes. Jesus gives us light. He opens our eyes. He enlightens our understanding. Look at the Go back in Ephesians 5. We'll skip verse 14. For the light, it says, makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. When his light comes, we can see. The light makes everything visible. In his light, we see light. He says, wake up. Rise from the dead. And Christ will give you light. When this light comes, Come, and we see ourselves the right way. We see other people the right way. Because we're walking in the light. We see light. Really, some people see darkness everywhere. They see darkness in everyone. But when we look at one another, we're, we're not supposed to behold only the flesh. I'm not supposed to focus on the, the clay jar. There's a real you on the inside. We can't focus on the faults and the failures of others. Instead, we choose to focus on the new creation. That's the real you. Not the clay jar, but, but the precious treasure that you contain. Many times, people are very good at judging others. They're very good at seeing the dirt. You know, it doesn't take much skill to go and find dirt. But treasure is hidden. And if you dig for it, you can find treasure in every person. But it's a choice. How we see people. What we focus on. It's a choice we make. Meditate on the scriptures. 2 Corinthians 5.17 talks about us being new creatures in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things became new. 
Okay, we're going to go to Romans chapter 8 for a while. And we'll start wrapping up in Romans chapter 8. You need to open your Bibles for this one. And we've got some New Testaments in the back. If you need one, you can raise your hand. We'll get you one. You need to get used to opening your Bible too. So ushers can look around if anybody needs one. Romans chapter 8. Verse 5 says those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh but those who live according to the spirit the things of the spirit it talks about living according to the flesh and that's another way of saying walking in darkness. To live according to the flesh is to walk in the darkness. And so, to live according to the Spirit, that is to walk in the light. And either of those have to do with our mind. It says they set their mind on the things of the flesh. You can do that or you can set your mind on the things of the Spirit. Go to the next verse. Verse 6 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So here are our, here are our options. Depending on where our mind is. Because that's where the life is going to follow. You can walk in the light or you can walk in the dark. It depends on you. To be carnally minded or to be fleshly minded spiritually minded. We don't want to be fleshly minded, we want to be spiritually minded. Okay, but you can't walk in the light if you have a mind full of darkness. And that's what I want you to understand. You cannot walk and live in the light if your mind is full of darkness. If you want death, just focus on the flesh. 
just have a carnal mind. Death and darkness will begin to work its way into your life. And that's true for true for anyone who chooses to have that kind of mind. Mind of the flesh. Focused on the flesh. Focused on worldly things. Consumes with those things. It's always on your mind. So what's on your mind? It says here that life and peace is also available. And that comes from choosing to be spiritually minded. Life and peace if you become spiritually minded. It takes effort because we live in a natural world. You live in a clay jar. When you look in the mirror, you see the clay jar. And so it's easy to focus on those things. Things. It takes effort to focus on spiritual things. But the benefit of that is life and peace. Why? Verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So, let me tell you what the problem is. A fleshly, carnal mind. That's the enemy of God. People don't realize with their own thinking they, they can become God's enemy. This is why people tend to have enemies. Do you have any enemies? If you have a lot of enemies, it's because, let me tell you why, in your mind, you're God's enemy. If you're in enmity against God, because of your thinking, then you're going to have a lot of other enemies too. I can stand here today with absolute peace and, and, and tell you I have no enemies. Not even one. What a blessing. The last person you might be able to call an enemy in my life. When I was 15 years old, I got in a fight with him. I got kicked out of 
my school. I hated this guy. I wanted to kill him. I was thinking about how to kill him. They almost killed me. One day I was riding my cycle. Him and all of his friends attacked me while I was on the cycle. And they left me for dead on the side of the street. I woke up in the hospital. All bashed up, <coughs> bloodied, bruised. I hated him. I wanted to kill him. Then I met Jesus. This guy was from Thailand. And if you know anything about Thailand, Thai people look just like Nepali people. So do you know who I thought my enemies were? People who look just like you. But then I met Jesus. And the same people I used to hate. Suddenly God put a love in my heart. Just look at who I married. This guy, years later, I didn't know what happened to him. He didn't know what happened to me. I was preaching in my home church. And I saw a guy who looked Asian. After service, I met him. I found out he was the guy I fought with in high school. He didn't know Jesus yet. I got to pray with him. I got to share the gospel with him. That was my last enemy. I have no enemies. When you have peace with God, you have peace with everyone. And then he takes it a step further. And he makes you a peacemaker. Are you a troublemaker? Or are you a peacemaker? If you have enemies in this life, it's because in your mind you're God's enemy. And if you can fix that, everything else can be fixed too. My mind has been changed to be spiritually minded is to have your mind and will soaked in the love of God. This is your brain. That's a pretty big brain. <laughs> 
To have a spiritual mind is to be soaked in the love of God. So what comes out of your mind? Man is dripping with love. When life squeezes you, more love comes out. See, what, what, what is your mind soaked with? Is it soaked with the flesh? Is that all you see? Is that where your focus is? Or have you been soaked in love? To be spiritually minded is life and peace. With flesh on the mind. Whether it's your flesh or somebody else if that's what you're thinking about you cannot submit to the law of God and that's the law of love read, read that verse again Romans 8 7 because the carnal mind is enmity or God's enemy for it is not subject to the law of God nor indeed can be See, that, that mind doesn't submit to love. That's the law of God. It's the law of love. And so if there's a void of love, then guess what's going to grow? The wrong fruit. Listen, darkness has its own fruit too. Actually, Ephesians 5.11 calls it the unfruitful works of darkness. Ephesians 5.11 Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness but rather expose them. If you didn't know then let me tell you you don't want the fruit of the dark. You really don't. You want the fruit of the light. What is the fruit of the light? Goodness. Righteousness. Truth. To be spiritually minded. That's life and that's peace. The fruit of the dark. It's the, the fruit of darkness. We don't want those things in our lives. But it depends on how you focus. It depends on what kind of mind you have. Stand with me. We're going to worship the Lord. If you've had some troubled thinking going on in your mind. While we're worshiping, I encourage you just to surrender your thoughts. Surrender your 
soul to the Lord. Let God come and fill you again. Let him change the way we think. Let him change the way you see. Especially the way you see yourself and the people around you. We're going to worship the Lord. We're going to invite you to come and receive prayer as well. So we just want to make this a time where you can come and receive prayer. There's no condemnation here. There's no shame here. But if you need prayer today, if you felt, if you, if you have, if you've been struggling even with this, this deal with having enemies. And God doesn't want that in your life. He wants you to have peace with everybody. But for your life to change, you're going to have to take some steps. And so this could be a time for you to take a step. Come and we'll pray with you. Okay, but let's take a moment, let's worship the Lord. If you're far from God, please come. If you're living in the dark, if you need healing in your body, we invite you to come receive prayer. Let's worship Jesus.